the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everill from Golf Bet. Hi, this is audio director Matt Mitchell. I want to apologize for the audio quality of this episode. Ben, our co-host here, is on site at the Media Center and had a lot of background noise. We were unable to re-record because of the holiday, so it's this or nothing. So I do formally apologize to you, the listener, for the quality of this one. It shan't happen again. And thanks for rolling with the punches here on Links and Locks. We are here to play 18 holes. That's for this week's Memorial Tournament. Before we go any further, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text one 800 Gambler. All right, we get to your field village on the heels of uh, a uh, winner might have been mentioned as an outright play here on the show last week. You know, we don't like to dwell on such things, but uh, Emiliano Grillo easily cruises to victory. Really, no sweat now whatsoever. You know, had it the whole way, really, to catch that thing early. Um, that was a fun one. Uh, Benny has told me we have to do the podcast as quick as possible because he is at Muirfield Village and there are milkshakes awaiting him in his very near future. What's up, Benny? Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm here in Ohio in the media center at um, Muirfield Village and have been out for a little bit of a walk earlier. It looks immaculate out there. Sensational stuff. If we escape rain, it's going to be a nice hard and fast test and I'm excited to see what the best in the game can do this week. Is it what is the old? Uh, it was built built on old old Native American grounds. I want to say, boy, I don't want to get this wrong. I am going to look this up. Uh, Chief Leatherlips was a Wyandot Native American leader, the late 18th and 19th century. Um, there's a sculpture of him in Dublin, Ohio, which is where you're at now, and I believe it is often the the curse of Chief Le- Chief Leatherlips that. Um, keeps the memorial tournament from staying dry for four days. Well, I don't see Chief Leatherlips in the player records book here for the memorial tournament, but he may well still play a part, and uh, I'll have to keep an eye on that. But yes, I do want to sneak in a milkshake, famous milkshake, today at some point before it gets too busy here. And little known fact the halfway house here does a mean hamburger. So I'm going to sneak away from media dining and go down and grab myself one of those as well. How good does that sound? By the way, I, I want to ask you about the milkshakes first. Uh, uh, the famous rain delays at Muirfield Village uh, gave me one of my favorite media center memories, which was this is, gosh, maybe six, seven, eight years ago. But it was one of those years when I believe Tiger had won either the previous year or one of the previous years. He wasn't playing that year. And on Saturday, it was raining out. We were in a delay. And so... I believe it's CBS put up uh, the previous year's event because, hey, what else are you going to show during a rain delay? But Tiger Woods winning and Tiger Woods does something miraculous. 
And one of our media brethren in the media center stands up to go, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, uh, dude, no, stop, stop. Uh, it was one of our elderly colleagues. But uh, we had to explain to him that, uh, first of all, they're in the rain delay. Secondly, uh, this is Tiger's not, not even here. Tiger's not even here. So uh, that was the first part of it. Secondly, uh, Benny, I was going to uh, ask you, because I was asked this question a little bit ago on the Go Low podcast that I do with John Middlecoff. But um, milkshakes at Muirfield Village, very famous milkshakes. All right. Now we can get into this discussion, but what makes them so good? I am of the opinion that you can go to a local ice cream place, put ice cream in a cup that says Muirfield Village, take it to the clubhouse, hand it to someone, and they go, man, this is so good. More about where you are than the actual ingredients themselves. Not that they're not good. Are you of the opinion that they are monumentally better than other milkshakes? I wouldn't say monumentally better, but what I will say is they use Jack's ice cream. So that's where, and it's got some significantly better dairy quality. Um, it reminds me, uh, you'll you'll be so surprised to hear me say it reminds me more of home where milk and dairy products are creamier than they are generally in the US. Um, and the it's, it's just high quality milk and high quality ice cream. And I think that does make a difference um, that you might find at sort of more everyday diners, et cetera. So yes, there is a bit of, extra to it but definitely you get to add a few points for where you are the branded cup you take it out there and overlook that 18th green and you've known the history of everything around here that helps if you came here to the links and locks best bets podcast not thinking that you'd hear about dairy qualities and ice cream then <laughs> you've already lost your first bet of the week but let's help you win a few let's get to it 18 bets playing 18 holes as we do every single week ben everell you are on the tee, the first all at Muirfield Village. All right, before I get started, I want to say that, um, look, I don't expect we're ever going to see the days of a Will McGirt or David Lingworth win this thing again. I've been at the last 12 of these. Um, I think we're going to get cream always winning. But there's a caveat here. It's a tee to green place. You have to be on, but you don't necessarily have to be on in the season leading up to it, right? So while we've had some big names recently winning, uh, look at uh, Horschel, like he was 66 to one, I believe, but former FedEx Cup winner, definitely had a pedigree. And if you look at Ram and uh, Cantlay, who won the three before that, but even just the last two, I believe they were around about 20 to one when they went off and won. And they are better players than that. So do I think that the chalk is going to be big this week? Yes. But do I think that there's a trend that also says that guys that are a little higher in the odds board, um, but not necessarily, you know, at the top of the board this week because of other players who are playing very well, right? If that makes any sense to you at all, um, that's where I'm sort of putting my base down, if you will. Benny, before you make this pick, I love where you're going, and I've talked about this as well, but uh, there's a definitive trend here over the last five years, and for those last five, DeChambeau is 40 to 1 in 2018, Rom 20 to 1 in 2020, Cantley 20 to 1 in 21 after he'd already won one, and Horschel 60 to 1, 66 to 1 last year. And the trend is oh, this ball. Pretty big names, and all those numbers seem a little bigger than you would think they would have been going right. into it. The four of those players had combined for zero top 20 finishes in their two starts going into this one. Oh, so that, wow. that shows you that as much as we like playing guys in form, especially this time of year, form doesn't necessarily take over when we get to the Memorial Tournament every year. Yeah, look, it scares me, honestly. And and it's so funny because we've said that it's it's 
sitting there staring me right in the face. Yet I'm going to throw you straight away with my first pick. The boring, very obvious John Rahm at plus 750. Um, I'm going to do that because of where he sits in all of the categories that count. As I said, the last eight winners have been inside the top 11 strokes game tee to green the week that they've won. They're clearly ball strikers. They clearly have what it takes. And look, Rams won here once, but it's really twice. Let's be honest. It's one and a half wins at worst. Um, he was a six-shot leader, 54 holes, when he was pulled off the course because of a COVID, um, positive COVID test. Um, yeah, look, first in scoring average, second strokes gained total, third strokes gained tee to green, um, and strokes gained approach, seventh strokes gained putting. It's one here before. And he just spoke a little earlier here. I was in his, in his press conference, and he said, look, it's target golf, but you still have to think. Uh, and he thinks that, you know, it's a fun test for him. He enjoys it. He gets uh, energized to play the course. And that's why he thinks he plays well. So I can't overlook him. John Rahm has to be somewhere in your thinking. Yeah, I understand that. And certainly, uh, I think for a lot of players, they get back to a certain golf tournament every year and there's good vibes. I think for John Rahm, it's like revenge tour every time he gets back to the Memorial Tournament. He dealt with it very well, of course, won the US Open a couple of weeks later, but. Uh, I think that anytime he sets foot on this property that he is thinking, okay, yeah, I've got one fewer that I should have. Let me go out and, and chase that one again. So I like that play. Second hole, as always, I like starting off with my favorite long shot outright play. We saw a long shot hit at 60 to one last week. Actually, uh, I got him at 90 to one. He was 80 to one in some books, but uh, wherever you got him, Emiliano Grillo was a, a winner for you. I've got a 60 to one play this week in Sahith Thigala, who's a guy that look, Benny, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> look at me already. Like, Oh man, I was thinking about, him. uh, I'm on the verge of, uh, the boy who cried wolf territory when it comes to Thigala, because I, I feel like I speak about him every single time he plays. He is that good. And there's another trend that goes with some of those winners. I mentioned Bryson won for the second time on the PGA tour at this event. Chantley's second career win came here. Rom's third career win came here. And so I, I think we start looking at why that is. And for me, there's maybe a little more motivation for a guy who's trying to win in between the first two majors and the last two majors, as opposed to, the biggest of the big names where yeah, yeah. those players might be like, look, yeah, I want to win at Jack's place, but I want to leave a little gas in the tank. We've got a big summer coming up and I don't want to empty out the tank here as opposed to those players who look at this and say, this could be a huge stepping stone in my career. I can use this event as a title to get to that next level and become a Bryce who wins the US opening John Rom, who, uh, who becomes a superstar? I can't lay who becomes a superstar. That can be me. I think Thigala is at that place in his career where, uh, even though he hasn't won yet, like those other guys, I think he can use this as a big stepping stone. Fifth place last year, the driving accuracy is certainly uh bothersome, and I think that could become a massive issue on this golf course. But if he can keep it in play off the tee, I think this is a great golf course for him. Well, mate, I'll just jump into hole three with my long shot plays because he's right there at 50 to one. As I said, he's, I have the exact same thoughts. He's 32nd in his first visit, fifth, as you said, last year. And you want to talk Tita Green. Uh, a year ago, he was second only behind Horschel, Tita Green for the week. Um, so on this course, he proved that he can get it done. Um, and the other, the other, you've said everything that needs to be said. Um, we've both been bullish on him for a while, but I'll throw you one other long shot while I'm here. Um, and just like Horschel, Juicy pre-tournament number, potential to recapture some of his best form. 
this guy's also trending in his last three tournaments. You won't be surprised to hear me say the name Adam Scott. Made the cut in 13 of 14 visits to Muirfield Village. Four top fives on his resume here. Um, I just think that he's the type that could come out of nowhere and be like, everyone be like, oh, there's Adam Scott. Where's he been? Even though he has been trending, as I said, his season-long stats still don't read that well, but his last three tournaments do read very well. Um, and with this, with that being said, I think that he's a good play at 55 to 1. Yeah, look, I, I still have a, a hard time getting past Scott as more than a floor play. Uh, very much like a Tommy Fleetwood to me. It's like uh, I, I get mess I get more messages about Fleetwood from people on Twitter on a weekly basis saying like, hey, man, didn't see him in your picks. Don't you like him for an outright this week? And I'm like, no, like if you bet, if you put $10 on Fleetwood every week as an outright, you have no money. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it, like there is no win there. I, I think that at some point, and you've talked about this on the pod before, I think Adam Scott gets back into the winner's circle at some point. He's determined. I love the fact. I did not think we'd see Adam Scott playing this much golf, working this hard at it at this point in his career. And he is, which I admire. And I think he gets back to the winner's circle because of it. But boy, I I just don't know about him as a ceiling play. I still think he's more of a floor play to me, but uh, I do like him. All Mm -hmm. right. I'm going to get to the fourth hole and I'm going to correct something you just said, because you said that Sahith Thigala had the second best tee to green stats in this field last year that was of the guys who made the cut but if you include the players <laughs> right. that didn't make the cut matt fitzpatrick was actually second he missed okay. the cut because his putter was atrocious here last year he also missed the cut the previous year he did everything really well except the iron play the year before that he was third place what it tells us is that this is a really good matt fitzpatrick golf course as long as he's doing everything pretty well if there's one part of his game that's off watch out but the fact that hey one year it was the irons the next year was the putter i'm not too worried about matt fitzpatrick being off the last couple of years uh i expect scores to be a little bit closer in relation to par we've only seen one year where it was single digits uh under par for the winner and that was the year uh you know no uh no coincidence that was the year where Fitzpatrick finished in third place behind John Rahm and Ryan Palmer back in 2020, but I can see that happening again this year. I like Matt Fitzpatrick for a top five play this week, Benny, at a nice plus money number. All right, well, I'll give you my top five for the fifth hole. Um, a few years ago during a rain delay here, you mentioned your rain delay story. I'm going to give you mine. Uh, I was sitting down in the halfway house and players were sort of put in, kept in place and happened to be right there at the ninth green was... Xander Shuffley and Patrick Cantlay. Um, and I'm going to talk to Xander for a minute, who's plus 275 for a top five. He basically sat there in full confidence and, and told me he expects to win this tournament at some point in his career. And the fact that he's been in the top 20 four years running, uh, I think now might be the time he can. You talked about sort of guys necessarily, not necessarily putting their full effort in, if you will, between the two majors. Well, I think he will put his full effort in this week. And uh, he's already moved from like plus 300 in most markets to sort of a 275 number for a top five. People are getting a little bullish on Xander Shoffley. Uh, I'm going to join that pack and say that top five is his play, but I think he can contend. All right. Uh, I do like that. Look, there's very few weeks, very few events where I'd say that I don't like Xander Shoffley. So I'm totally fine with that. I'm going to go with his buddy here. Uh, sixth hole. Look, this is as conservative a play as they come, but for some reason I was surprised that this was plus money. Patrick Cantlay has finished top four here. Two wins, a third, and a fourth in his last five starts. Patrick Cantlay 
We had for a top 10 at plus 125. Now, first of all, you just go based on course history and you're like, all right, that makes a whole lot of sense. And look, sometimes not everything has to be a long shot play. Not everything has to be Emiliano at 90 to one. And hey, we're going to make a lot of money this week. Sometimes you got to build up that bankroll. You build up your bankroll by playing things like Patrick Cantley for a top 10 at a plus money number. That's going to help a lot. The other part of this is, Benny, we're off a stretch where, and really Grillo can be part of this as well, but we went from Finau to Wyndham Clark to Jason Day, all guys who hadn't yet won, but were all trending in the right direction. Nobody was a surprise when he finally broke through and won for the first time this year. Patrick Cantlay is playing some of the best golf of his career, the performance, you could say, has outweighed the results so far, even though the results have been very good. At some point, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to win something good. All of that combined makes Patrick Cantley look, if you like him for an outright, I'm not going to argue. I think he's a few points probably lower than he should be, or at least could be based on the course history. Uh, if you like him for DFS, you like him for one and duns, I, I've got no problem with Cantley. I see it as a, a major floor play to build up that bankroll for a top 10 this week at plus 125. All right. I'll uh, talk about Patrick a little later on in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll head there a little later. But you want to give oh, – mate, you going with your conservative. Mine is, is minus money top 10 play. And this is where uh, I'm going to throw in Scotty Scheffler. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's minus 165 for a top 10 but here's the thing. I've been waiting for him to have the off week. I keep saying, oh, it's coming and it's yet to materialize. So I'm almost trying to throw the the mocker on him, as we say in Australia. I'm just ready to, let's just, let's, okay, I'll get on him at minus. Tell people, to, yeah, get on him at minus and see what happens and then see if he can't see what happens with, uh, with that jinx or not. But look, he hasn't finished outside the top 20 in stroke play events since last October. And I saw a great tweet that if you had it just rolled over a top 20 bet with him, you'd be at like 20 something thousand or something, <laughs> which is ridiculous because obviously, you know, that's you know, let it roll, let it ride. That'd be pretty funny to do on something in golf. Um, but look, he's he's literally firming in this top ten market since it's opened. Uh, he's a clear leader, strokes going tee to green. As I said, that's that is the one metric that stands out like dogs. You know what's uh, at this course, and he is plus two point five six seven per round this season. Strokes going tee to green. Rory is next best at one point eight. Like he is point seven better than number two before you go down across this field. So if it wasn't for dodgy putting, he would have won five times since the players. You know what I mean? Like every time he played, he ranked second last on the greens last week, second last to those who made the cut and missed the playoff by one shot. Literally makes one more putt and he's in a playoff, which he probably wins, makes two more putts, he wins. I mean, if he just, as I said, if he does that this week, Unfortunately, that plus 600 favorite might just run away with it like he did the players. But I'm going to go conservative top 10. Yeah, I, look, it's, I mean, sometimes the key to this job is don't overthink it and yeah. just play the obvious play. And Scotty Scheffler right now for a top 10 is the obvious play. Maybe uh, maybe we take our last two plays here and parlay them and get a bigger number yeah. on Patrick Cantley and Scotty Scheffler for top 10 plays, put them together. Uh, I don't yeah. know exactly what the number there would be, but I'm guessing somewhere in the plus 300 range if we parlayed them, which uh, is more palatable. And I don't think you're taking really uh, too much risk on there with those two guys. All right. We get to the eighth hole. Top 20 play on a guy who's finished top 20 in two of his last five. He's got three of 12 at the Memorial Tournament finishing inside the top 20. 
it's been rejuvenation season on the PJ Tour a little bit. Jason Day's a winner. Justin Rose's a winner. Ricky Fowler's playing some of the best golf that we've seen in years from him. Very quietly, Gary Woodland is starting to play some good golf again. And so Gary yeah. Woodland's a guy who, look, we know that driver is a weapon for him. When he's hitting it well, he hits it really well. I can see Gary Woodland going out and continuing what's been, again, a quietly, not on the same level as those other three guys that I mentioned, but quietly a very nice comeback season for Gary Woodland. Again, uh, not going too deep into this. This is a designated event, so 120 players in the field, Benny, I believe. Yeah, something like that, yep. You're only looking for, what, top 16.5% this week is a top 20. Uh, you know, so again, that's a little conservative as well, but Gary Woodland plus money at that play. All right, I'll give you my top 20 play then to round out the front nine. Um, sneaking into 19th spot this season in strokes gained tee to green is the Irishman Shane Lowry, plus 170 for a top 20 this week. Uh, T6 and T32 the last two years at Muirfield Village, coming off a T12 at the PGA Championship. So his stocks are rising in my book. Uh, I like Larry here as a potential um, contender, as I said, but top 20 at a plus number I thought was pretty juicy. I mentioned a couple of years earlier. You just mentioned one of mine. I'll tell you about Shane Lowry when we get to the back nine here in uh, just a second because he's a guy that I like as well. One more reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text one 800 gambler we make our way to the back nine and as mentioned benny likes lowry for a top 20 i very nearly threw him in and for readers of my uh, weekly preview at the action network actionnetwork.com i will admit that shane lowry didn't make the preview this week and that's the one miss that i had so i'm gonna try to mention him everywhere else that i can because <laughs> i, I kind of missed out on him there i like him for a top 20 i've got him here on my list though for a Matchup play minus 120 against Tom Kim. Tom Kim struggled a little bit. Look, I, I get these very good mid and long iron player, but this is a long golf course. I don't see Tom Kim finding that form this week. It's a good course for Shane Lowry. I'll take Shane Lowry even at uh, even at juice odds at minus 120. Man, it, it you mentioned Tom Kim, like he um spiked up on a bunch of the numbers and data that we looked at for this tournament. He's burned me too many times in the last couple of months. Uh, I'm going to need to see something from him before I trust those numbers for a while. So um, I don't mind that play at all. Uh, all right, let's see here. Why don't I give you a Bet365 matchup? Well, Bet365 uh, player market, sorry. Uh, I saw this guy at 47th or better as a pick in those Bet365 player finishing positions. And that is my Aussie brethren man, Cam Davis. Uh, look, he's 29th this season. He's one of the guys that, as I said, pings uh, in that key stat. Uh, I'm actually going to be, believe it or not, in a few hours' time, Cam and I are going to be playing disc golf nearby. He's going out to play at the nine hole course that's nearby. He likes to relax before a tournament. He said, I'll oh, come on down, ben, uh, Benny, and throw a few discs, a few frisbees. So we'll be doing that. I'll have even more insight by that stage on how he's going to play, but he really likes this joint. Um, he said, you know, good long odds. And so because of that, um, yeah, I think that um, I, I like him there at 47th or better. 
what is the matchup number on Davis versus Everell in this <laughs> I think he will smash me. Apparently, he's pretty good. That's what I'm there to find out. There, there might be a sneaky camera coming down. So for those people who like the PGA Tour entertainment shows that you see generally uh, prior to the coverage on a Saturday or Sunday, the lead-in on CBS or wherever it is that's that's playing, they're, they're going to be uh, doing a little bit on Cam Davis and his disc golf prowess. So um, I would say that I'm going to need to be given a multitude of shots in that matchup. <laughs> I did, I did grow up on the beach. Many. Yeah, I did grow up on the beach and I used to be able to throw a frisbee, but there's a good chance that I'm going to suck at this this afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to need to see that footage. I, I don't necessarily yeah. need to see Cam Davis. I'm going to need to see you trying to do this. So yeah, uh, yeah I do like that. I will stick with the player finish, finishing position market uh, at Bet365, where they've got a ton of numbers that look really juicy this week. And my favorite of those, Ricky Fowler, who has now finished twice, uh, second twice here at the Memorial. We can get him at 30th or better in the player finishing position market at Bet365. All he's done so far this year in his last 11 starts, nine finishes of 30th or better. And I believe... Uh, one of those two where he wasn't, he finished in 31st place. So Ricky, <laughs> look, this is no longer Benny. Just it's a cute story about a popular guy who's kind of finding his game. And he's played nicely. It's no, Ricky is one of the top 15 players on the PJ tour this year. I, I yeah. know that people always judge him based on the wins, based on the fact that he's on a lot of commercials and he's hyped up and he's maybe not lived up to the expectations that a lot of people had for him 15 years ago, but he is playing some really good golf right now, and at 30th or better, I would smash that. Yeah, I'm just looking here, as you said, he's runner-up way back in 2010, runner-up in 2017, T8 in 2018, T14, 2019, T11, 2021. He clearly likes the place. So um, I can see that's one over $2 million in prize money without winning here. So pretty impressive effort from Ricky. And now he's actually playing well, as you said, consistently. So that's a big part of this. All right, let me throw you a first-round leader play. Now, mm -hmm. normally, as you know, I like to go to the favourites. I talk about this as we can get some value or whatever. But this this week, there is, at the very beginning of this show, I threw at you that, like, yes, we've got those top tier, and I do think they'll all contend. But it's those guys that the 20, 25, 30 to 1, 35 to 1, that are the ball strikers um, who may well pop up here. I'm going to give you a first round leader, a guy who I'm literally not on this week anywhere else because I'm going to be on him in two weeks' time. Um, but as a essentially as a fence sitting, save my bum if he proves me wrong. I think 28 to 1, Victor Hovland is your first round leader. Play here. He's third on tour in first round scoring average behind only Scheffler and Rahm. Uh, so it's sort of my get out of jail free card on Hovland, if you will. Um, I'm hoping he's two weeks away but I wouldn't be surprised if his game trends here and he does well. I like that play for first round leader and uh, he's been up there. I, I haven't checked this week, but he was second. I know in first round scoring average uh, just recently third. Now there you go. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I like that, but I'll tell you more about Victor Hovland later in the podcast. Oh, there you go. Uh, so you go. 14th hole, my first round leader play. I'm going to go with more of a long shot this week. Keegan Bradley who hasn't gone uncommonly low in the first round here in the past, but he does have seven of his last 10 
Thursday rounds at Muirfield Village have been in the red. And so at 66 to 1, he's a guy that we often like to target for these spike rounds where all of a sudden the putter gets hot. Because we know Tita Green is a really good player. Putter gets hot for Keegan. All of a sudden he can throw up a 64, 65 and jump out to an early lead. So uh, at 66 to 1, I like taking a chance on that. Yeah, not bad. Another guy that, that popped here, it caught up to me. But like I mentioned earlier, Adam Scott is fourth on tour right now, first round scoring average. Yeah. He used to be a slow starter. Um, and that's been his problem in, in things. So, again, that's if you're looking for a big number, maybe Adam Scott is someone you can have a look at as well. 15th hole, top 40 play. As you know, when it comes to the top 40 market, I always like to go to a plus money option that you can sneak in and try to get something. One that pops to me is a guy that you and I talk about a lot. Uh, another rookie sensation on the way up. But I saw him at plus 160, in from plus 180 already. He's uh, 41st this season, strokes game, Tita Green. He has not played here before, but his skill set matches it. And that's Akshay Bhatia. Akshay Bhatia for a plus money top 40 option is one that I like to look off. Yeah, I, I like that. Look, Akshay is a guy that I've had on a lot of cards throughout um, the last couple of months, ever since he got his PJ Tour playing privileges. So that one makes a lot of sense. I've got a couple of guys for top 40s for the 16th all uh, that I really like for uh, one of them just played nice, consistent golf. That is the rookie, Justin Saw. I've been very impressed by him. Uh, played well again at Colonial last week after being on the leaderboard, the PGA Championship for a couple of rounds. Justin Saw. I'm still waiting to see if he's got the ceiling uh, and see if we can get a win out of him over the first you. you know year or two that he's out on the PGA Tour, but the floor is certainly there. He is a very, very solid player. And the second one, I put him in the same category as Cam Davis, Matthew Neesmith, guys that I really liked coming into the year and then kind of got off to a slow start. And now we can get them at bigger numbers because they haven't played their best golf. Taylor Pendrith was, quite frankly, just not good for the first three months <laughs> of the year. Uh, yeah. Four months last three starts. He's been 30th or better uh, in two of those three. I've got him for a top 40 this week His first time playing at Muirfield village. But uh, I do believe that uh, look, he's a Kent state guy. Those Kent state guys played some good golf there. Those all those Canadians who uh, went to Kent state. And so uh, top 40 play this, uh, this should be a course that suits his game as he's starting to rev up and, and play better leading into the summer. All right, I can give you that. Yeah, and again, he does pop on a few of the uh, the metrics that should do well this course, including some yeah. uh, longer approach shots. So good to see if he can finally again, deliver on the promise we thought he was going to get out of the, the President's Cup last year. Um, all right, are we are we at the are we at the seventeen dollars? Is that where I'm at? We're there. We're there. Give I me your pick. Okay, uh, super, super out of the box this one, but no, I'm going back to Patrick Cantlay at only 10 to 1. Look, again, I know that I like we normally like to go sort of look for some value, etc. But you mentioned it before, he just has this course on a string, basically. Um, you know, he, he won the he won the 2019, he won, he got he got the benefit of Brahms, uh, misfortune and won again in 2021. Uh, second on tour and strokes gained off the off the uh, tee, sorry. Fourth in total, seventh tee to green. Both Ram and Cantlay share the top spot in par five scoring, which will be important this week. Uh, I just, I can't leave him out. It's as simple as that. And I think that he's trending towards doing something. Uh, I know that he's determined to do something uh, and we're better at a place that he's more comfortable than anywhere else on tour. 
it, it makes a whole lot of sense. And again, I, I mentioned it earlier, but we've seen uh, so many players in the last two months who were trending in the right direction. They were playing good enough to win. They just hadn't won. And at some point, the win comes based on the fact that your performance is so good. And I do think it's coming for Cantley, whether it's this week or uh, maybe in two weeks in his native uh, Southern California. All right. I mentioned it earlier that I was going to tell you about Victor Hovland later. Here's the time where I tell you about Victor Hovland. He's my favorite outright this week at 20 to one. I was really hoping that following uh, that PGA championship disappointment that Hovland would either be an early withdrawal or just maybe miss the cut at colonial last week. So we'd have some gas left in the tank instead he played and played pretty well, finished in 16th place. It wasn't anything special. The numbers uh, statistics wise weren't anything uh, to write home about, but I, I do think this one's more on his radar and he fits the profile. Young guys who we know they're superstars. We know they're going to be top five, top 10 players for a long time to come. And they use this as that stepping stone victory. This would be, this would be that victory for Victor Hovland. Who's won a few times, obviously, but uh, doesn't really have that one big one yet. I like the number at 20 to one because we've seen him shorter than that in similar fields in the past. I will take Victor Hovland despite a poor record at this event, three previous starts, nothing inside the top 40. That was largely due to his game around the greens. You're not going to hit yeah. as many greens in regulation here as you do at some other PGA tour venues. Victor Hovland was terrible the last few years around the greens over his last six starts. Positive strokes gained around the greens in three of them. The other three where he's lost, he's barely lost. It's not like he's had any yeah. weeks where he's been really bad. Last year at the Memorial Tournament, by uh, comparison, he lost nearly two strokes to the field per round around the greens. That's not happening for Victor anymore. I think that if he's just average around the greens, the rest of his game is good enough to go out there and win this golf tournament. All right, Benny, you've got to go get yourself a milkshake. What flavor? What's on the docket today? Oh, for me, I, I get the Oreo or the cookies and cream style. That's me because I'm not a fan of peanut butter. So everyone else who gets the Buckeye out here, okay, yeah, traditionally, it's 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 not my go because uh, I'm, you know, I come from Australia. Mate. We don't do peanut butter. We do Vegemite. In saying that, I would not want a Vegemite milkshake. No one would ever want that. But <laughs> let's just say I'll go with, yeah, you know, chocolate or Oreo, something like that. By the way, one other thing you can always tell about players, and, you know, we're a little privileged. We get to go into the clubhouse and – grab some milkshakes when we're there. Uh, I have formed opinion on players because there are some players who, when they see a couple of media schlubs sitting there in line, they're like, hey, I need my milkshake. I got to go jump to the front of the line because I, I got stuff to do and I'm big and important guy and uh, I've got things to do. And of course, you go, yeah, sure, you're a player. Go ahead. And then there are other players who will, you know, gladly just stand in line behind you and you go, are you, are you sure you want to jump in front? No, no, what? Like, you're in line first. Why would I jump in front? Just because... I play golf for a living. That's stupid. You can get a good sense of what a player is like, their personality in the milkshake line in the clubhouse at Muirfield Village. So we'll expect some stories from you, Benny, after today. <laughs> good stuff. Look forward to it. I hopefully the over-under on me having a milkshake per day is one and a half or then it's the under, but we'll see. Could be the over. <laughs> no, I'm hammering the over in that one too. <laughs> Cam Davis in the disc golf and uh, taking the over and Benny Everell milkshakes per round. Uh, we thank everybody for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. Remember, you can find this podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast every single week during the PGA Tour season. Download, rate, subscribe, 
and listen. For Ben Everell from Golf Bet, I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's Memorial Tournament. Here's hoping you hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.